Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to Kiss My Curvy Assets, the podcast where we drop truth bombs, hit tough conversations, bring some sassy, raw, real topics, and some badass fun. I'm your host, Lori Mort. Let's journey together on this roller coaster ride set to empower us, enlighten us, invigorate us, energize us, and just help us keep rocking our bodies and rocking our lives. Hey friends, welcome to the program. Today we have Megan Alton on and Megan helps leaders find the confidence and clarity to live life on their terms and contribute in a way that honors their values, their priorities, and the truth of who they are. As an intuitive strategist and numerology queen, she helps you access the codes and the patterns you were born with so you can leverage your magic, your gifts, and truly own your contribution and impact. Unveil your truth so you can truly own your power. As you align with your code, you become more radiant, powerful, and potent, leading to a more fulfilling life of wealth and well-being. Megan, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this subject today because I... It's something that I've really been interested in since probably I was a teenager, which was a really long time ago. And let's just dive right in and talk about numerology first. Yes, you get all excited. (laughs) I get goosebumps. (laughs) What is it? What is it for the the listeners that are like, I don't even know what, what you're talking about? Okay, so numerology is a science and an art It was actually invented by Pythagoras, um, or at least one of the strains of numerology that I teach is invented by Pythagoras, who is one of the founding fathers of math. So it is very math and science based, as well as it helps us to access an interpretation of understanding how energy is unfolding. So it's a way of using a formula to calculate a number. And then when you understand what that number represents in terms of energy, you can understand patterns, both patterns within ourselves as to what are my strengths? What are my gifts? What am I good at? What am I meant to be expressing and contributing? What are some of the challenges I might face? Where are some of the areas where I might trip myself up or get stuck? You know, how, how, am I, how is this being that I am meant to express in its highest potential? And then you can also look at how the energy unfolds over time. And so it's a really beautiful, you know, I say art and science because there is a formula that calculates this information. And that gives us a very grounded, um, stable, predictable environment that creates a real sense of safety and trust where your intuition can flow. So it's really marrying both kind of that left side, right side brain of like, okay, I need some like predictability, some stability. I need to count on something. And yet in that sense of safety, that's where our intuition truly can thrive. And we actually have access to understanding and interpreting a huge array of information that you can't see with your eyes, but you can feel. And so that's how I, that's how I teach numerology is to help people to access that for themselves. And when you're talking intuition, is that that like deep gut feeling that's kind of inside you where you're like, I don't know, like this is kind of what I'm feeling. This is the pull that I'm feeling, but it's inside of us. It is inside of us. And, you know, intuition is a, is a sense that we all have just the same as we have, you know, taste and touch and sound and sight and smell and all of this. We also have intuition as a sense. 
It is, you know, a feeling that's like a knowingness inside your body. It is like, you know, some people might feel it in their heart. Some people might feel it in their gut. Some people, you know, tend to feel it in their, you know, their third eye or like a forehead activation, or it's like, I get like chills or I get like butterflies, but this is your body as an instrument interpreting energy. And so you can use this just the same as you might like sip your coffee and be like, oh, that's bitter or, you know, sip your tea and think, oh, that's sweet, right? You're, you're using your taste buds to access information and then your brain is interpreting it. We can do the same thing with our intuition. We can interpret energy through our body and then our brain can help us to interpret it, but we need a language for that. And so now for listeners that are like, what the heck, how do we even, how do, how do you start what do you do? Like if I, if I said, you know what, I, I, I want to know my numbers. I want to know how to tap into my intuition more. I want to find that energy. Where do you even start? Yeah. Well, you know, the first thing is there's a thousand different ways to strengthen and develop the skill of intuition. You can learn lots of different modalities to do that. Numerology happens to be one modality, but you know, it's becoming more and more popular to play with tarot cards or Oracle cards, or, you know, people use like pendulums and there's different types of energy work and Reiki. And these are all different ways of accessing energy and using it for different purposes. And numerology happens to be one of them. So numerology is the study of understanding how to interpret energy through making sense of numbers and using numbers as a language. Numbers are the, like a foundational building block of society, of life, of the planet, of the universe, they're foundational building blocks. So when you understand how to interpret them, you can make sense of the messages and the patterns that are unfolding. And a lot of people see, you know, one, one, one on the clock, right? Or, you know, you're driving around and you're like, I keep seeing the same sequence of numbers or people might have like a favorite number. They're like, number 13 means a lot to me or I love the number six. And it's like, well, there is something in that. That's not an accident. That is the energy of that number trying to convey a message to you. And if you know how to interpret it, you can kind of receive that message. So the, I guess the place to start with numerology is what is your ruling number? Your ruling number is kind of the basic starting point where it's like, if you were in astrology, it'd be like, what's your sign, right? So what is your ruling number? It's, um, it's a very kind of basic archetype we look at numbers two through 11, and each number has a self-actualizing potential of like, th this is how you can truly be your best self. And, you know, a lot of times we don't necessarily know our ruling numbers. I mean, I certainly didn't know mine until I was into my thirties and, you know, our parents likely have different ruling numbers than us. And so growing up, we have this interesting thing where you have one personality code helping to raise another personality code. And in that, we can pick up a lot of interesting conditioning about what we should and shouldn't be like that may or may not actually be aligned with the truth of who we are. And so by kind of calculating your ruling number and kind of going back to basics a little bit of being like, well, when do I best express? How do I best express? What is meant to be my contribution? What are some of the unique gifts and superpowers I carry that are, you know, just within my coat? that I carry. And there's lots of layers that we look at, but that's my favorite starting point. Do you want to calculate it? We can do it on the call. It's super easy. Yeah, I do. I do. I want to, cause I don't know mine. I don't know mine. I'm like, I don't think I've calculated it for you. So let's do no. it together. Okay. Yeah. So basically what you do is you write out your birthday. So Lori, what's your birthday? November 13th, November 13th. 1975. Do you need, yeah, 1975. Yeah. So November 13th, 1975. So everybody listening, write out your birthday and in all the digits. So for Lori, it would be like 11, 13, 
1975. And so we've got like a series of numbers and you split them all out and you add them together. So for Lori, we would do like one plus one plus one plus three. Okay. So we have the 11 and the 13. So one plus one plus one plus three. And then we add each of the digits for the year as well. So the one plus the nine plus the seven plus the five. So I'm going to just do it on my calculator really quick. If you can do head math, then that's amazing. I am not the greatest at doing head math. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Okay. So you're ruling number 10. And so what we do Okay, let me just double check that I did that right. I always like to calculate it twice because you just never know. Yeah, so what you do is, so for Lori, if we add one plus one plus one plus three plus one plus nine plus seven plus five, we get 28, okay? And then if you have a number like that's greater than 11, you would add it up again together. So two plus eight equals 10. So that's your ruling number. We look at numbers that are numbers two through 11. So if you've got 11, then just leave it. If you've got 10, just leave it. So a ruling number 10, this is just so beautiful for you. 10 is a very physical number. It needs grounding. It needs movement. It needs change. It is the number of flow, innovation, change, experimenting, trying new things and kind of taking the lessons, applying and moving them forward. It is the energy of allowing us to move into a new experience or a new manifestation cycle. It is very innovative and changeable and it's meant to to flow and grow and evolve and help our society evolve, right? It's part of the, the, the wheel that turns our evolution. So how does that feel for you? That feels so good. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm getting chills as you're reading that. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's awesome. It's so cool. Right. But the thing is like, so that's, that's ruling number 10. If somebody else were to calculate theirs and they were to get say a ruling number four, ruling number four is meant to be very stable is meant to be very plan oriented is meant to be very um, grounded for leadership. So there's a lot more of a stable energy to it rather than yours. It carries a lot of innovation. Now, what that means is, yeah, you can, both any ruling number can be a leader, but the way we embody our leadership will be more effective if we're honoring our code and our nature, right? So if you are ruling number 10, attempting to have lots of heavy processes and systems and step-by-steps in place will feel overwhelming and will cause you to shrink, right? Will cause you to lose your power, lose your potency, and it, it won't allow you to be your best self in your, in your work and in your life. Like whether you're, you know, mom or friend or businesswoman, all of it, right? That's so interesting. That's so interesting when you hear. So when you find out your number, is there like a whole little section or somewhere to look it up or a book where you find out all of the things you were just saying? There's a ton of books on it. You can, you can Google ruling number, whatever you are and see what comes up and then just really use your critical thinking to filter through because just like any resources, there's good ones and not so great ones. The -hmm. book that I like quite a bit is called Dan Millman. It's called the life you were born to live. Um, And that's a resource that I quite like. And I teach, I teach this too, as well as I have some free classes coming up where I'll be walking people through really how to learn what their strengths and challenges are according to the ruling numbers. So one of the things that I love about the way I've really taken this work in my business is numerology to me is all about supporting our growth and transformation, right? Like I don't, it's not about, oh, well, that's just who you are and like putting you in a box and like, well, that's you over there in the box. It's like, no, how do I use this information about my code 
to achieve my goals, to live a life that's more fulfilling, to feel more satisfied with the experience I have, to feel like the work I'm creating matters and means something to me and like connects with my heart. And so my focus on numerology is very much, you know, transformation and personal growth focus, because I'm like, this is a tool to get you what you want in life, whether you have big ambitious goals, whether you want peace and ease, simply like whatever that means for you, if you know what your code is, you can use that to support you to feel more fulfilled in that. Because so many of us, like when we set a life trajectory or we set goals and we set plans, we're doing it based on subtle conditioning or maybe not subtle of how a good life should look. Right. And then we achieve and we create and we get there and we hit the, we get the job, we buy the house, we do the things. And then we also look around and we're like, Oh, am I even happy? Do I even like this? And it's like, no, it's just because, you know, we were conditioned to create something that's actually maybe not super aligned with our code. And so how do you, what happens when we get stuck in that? Because I, it, it's the rat race. Everybody tells you, I mean, when you're a kid, we're told. Yeah. So my, my um, ruling number is a seven. I'm a ruling number seven. And one of the, one of the aspects of that is it's a teacher energy. It's also a highly sensitive energy. And so growing up, I was told over and over again, uh, don't be so sensitive, right? Like I'm sure a lot of people here can relate to that. Don't be so sensitive. And the other one I was told was you talk too much. Don't talk so much. Right. I remember it was in my report card in grade two. Like it was like, and I totally internalized that as like, it's bad to talk so much, right? Like stop talking. Right. And so I really internalized that. And I would, I spent most of my teens and twenties really biting my tongue and holding back and not using my voice in a very expressive way. Well, then my thirties hit and I started to be like, felt so stifled, like, so just, I couldn't even felt like I couldn't breathe. Right. And I was like, what is going on? I started getting these intuitive nudges and intuitive knowings. I needed to make some significant changes with my life. And so I did, I started making significant changes. And this is when I really started to understand like intuition is so much deeper than what we realize in our society. And so I started studying it and I tried to make sense of it. And as I did, I was, I was working, I had my own business at the time as a business coach and I was working with my clients and I would start running their numbers and didn't really tell them what I was doing, but I would use that to inform how I coached them and how I supported them. And everyone was like, how are you figuring out? Like, how do you know this stuff? And I'm like, well, <laughs> numerology. But the more I owned and embraced the teaching role in me, the better I became at using my voice effectively. So it wasn't like you talk too much, but like you have something to share that people need to hear. Right. And then the same thing with the sensitivity, it's not like, you know, driving a car that you've never been trained to use. Like the more you learn how to use the energy that your code carries, the more masterfully you can do that. And so, no, I'm not going to like, I mean, I do still cry very easily, but it's not messy anymore. I can still cry very easily and own it. And actually it's a source of my power. So knowing that my sensitivity has become this superpower, which is why I understand energy so well and I can share and teach it with others because that's part of my code. And so really learning that and embracing that for myself has created this life where I made, you know, quite a few shifts in my thirties and here I am now in my forties and eat, sleep and breathe life according to my energy alignment, which is like so fulfilling that I can't even, you know, I can't even... (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and isn't it nice to not be apologizing for it? Like I, cause I, I resonate with that totally of the girl that was talking too much the, you know, make your shrink yourself down, be less than you're too much. Whereas, or even your sensitivity, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just overly sensitive. We are always apologizing for those traits. We're always like, I'm sorry that that's just, it's me. It's almost nice to step into not having to apologize. And like you said, that's your superpower. It doesn't need to be something negative. No. And there's an interesting thing that happens when you, like what you're saying right now, when we apologize for it. So if you can imagine your energy field, your center as a color. Okay. So let's just say like, you're the color blue. Okay. So every time we apologize or subtly disassociate from our strengths and our powers, we're watering down our power. Right. And so that blue becomes like pale watered down blue. And what happens is then you go in the world and you're like, why can't I connect with people? Why don't people see me? Why is my, you know, product not selling? Why am I not getting raises at work? Why am I, why am I having a hard time getting a relationship or how am I having a hard time being seen in my relationship? It's like, well, because your, your energy field is watered down, right? Whereas the more you unapologetically be like, I am sensitive, you know, I do talk a lot. I have something to say, like whatever it is, whatever our code is, whatever our strengths are, you are actually adding vibrancy and potency to your energy field. And so when you go out and interact with people, people truly see you and they can feel you because your energy is so potent. And so the things like the, you know, random opportunities or the chance encounters or these kinds of like synchronicities or luck or however you want to look at it, it's not luck. It's about us being connected with our inner power source and the people in the world around us feeling it because it's so rich, so potent, so vibrant. Well, it must be nice to understand other people too, based on, on their numbers. I mean, you do it because you know, but I mean, I'm sure even your children, you're able to know what their numbers are and then kind of connect with where, you know, their superpowers are and where they, they're going to shine their light because you understand people better based on numerology. Absolutely. And I have three children and they're all a different ruling number. And my oldest is a ruling number seven, similar to me. And her and I have very similar energy codes. And so when my son was born and there was different parenting techniques, I would attempt to use with him and they would not work. And so it's really given me permission. And so many people who learn this permission to say, I don't have to treat my children the same. Actually, I can create a parenting strategy that honors their uniqueness and honors their energy. So they feel seen and supported to be their best selves rather than thinking it's a one size fits all. I mean, it's obviously not most parents know that, but we don't always have a framework for like, well, why is, you know, my daughter different than my son different than the baby, right? Like why, and how can I support them to really feel their most vibrant selves? I love that. I love that. It's, it, it, it's, it makes sense. It's just, but again, what do you say to the non-believers? Because there's always, I mean, I'm a horoscope person. I remember I, in science class in high school, I did a, a science project on, you know, your sign and horoscope and I, I failed. And I remember my, my science teacher saying, this is not science, Lori. Like this is a Meanwhile, it was the most popular attraction at the old science fair because everyone wanted me to read their horoscopes. You know, it's, what do you say to the, the naysayers that are like, oh, numerology, 
Lori's a yeah. quack for believing in it. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, there's a couple of things. Number one, my background, I think really helps. So I have a business degree and a master's degree in economics. I wrote a thesis paper on statistics and I spent four years working for the government forecasting revenue. So I used to use numbers to forecast in a very linear, logical, scientific way, right? Very academically rigorous way. And now I forecast energy. So if you tune in, if you guys end up connecting and following me every week, I forecast the energy of the week, according to how the numbers are unfolding this week. And it's, it's funny because it's not so different. And if we truly understood how the rigorous science formulaic approach supports and honors the intuitive energetic understanding, they, they're very aligned. And, you know, like when I talk about how it's like, well, Pythagoras 1500 years ago had a school where he would teach people numerology for the purpose of personal development. Pythagoras is the dude where we get the formula a squared plus c squared equals b squared. Like this is not, this is not, um, this is stuff you learn in grade three math. Like my children are learning this right now in their elementary school math. It's, it's not as out there as we think, but we have disconnected from understanding that there are things that you can't see, but that doesn't make them not real just because you can't see it. And if you go down the rabbit hole of quantum physics, there actually is a lot more evidence for the stuff that we're talking about than makes it to the mainstream all the time because of how slow these um, scientific journals are to kind of shift over. And the current research with a lot of this stuff is not what's being taught in school because the textbooks in school are 20, 30, 40 years old. So the science that kids tend to learn you know, is 30 years dated. The science that we learned is now 60 years dated. So it's not as out there as some people tend to think, but we are so conditioned to be afraid of the unknown. And this is what I think, you know, if I even can take a lesson away from any of this, it's that where does this idea come from to be afraid of the unknown? Like, what is there to be afraid of? What are we actually afraid of by allowing ourselves to just be curious? Like, what if? Like, what if, what can you, can you just be curious and see? And if you are curious and you check it out and it doesn't land with you, then that's cool. Like then you critically made a choice for yourself rather than allowing yourself to be conditioned and driven by the fear. <laughs> well, and I love that you, when you explained kind of who you were before even getting into all of this, it's funny because my friends always think like the numerology is like the hippie girl that lives out of her trailer, you know, Burning Man. Like it's no, like it really is science, science professors. Like I, some of my smartest friends believe in it because they believe in numbers. They believe that there is something beyond what we can see and touch. Totally. And if you understand physics and density and the, the way an object is determined by its frequency and its vibration, like this is physics that I even learned in physics in high school, right? So density, frequency, and vibration are what determines the table that I'm sitting at and like the cup that I'm holding. Like this is that property of those objects are determined by frequency. So if I have an easy shorthand simple way of understanding frequency through basic math formulas why would I not use that right like it's it's at it's on my fingertips it's right there and this is what we're doing is we're attempting to understand frequency vibration and polarity of energy 
to better understand how to harness channel and use that energy. Well, and I wish, I wish we learned this in school. Like I honestly, I wish it was like a grade nine class because again, then you're learning your systems, you're learning your number, you're learning your personality, how you learn, how you grow. Like just think of how much better our careers would be as we're entering the workforce as 17, 18, 19 year olds relationships. It's just, again, one of those things where why aren't we learning this in school? I just think it's such great information for us to grow with and turn into adults with. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it isn't so far, but we don't teach it. Like we do, we are as a society, it's acceptable to be driven by instinct, right? But what is the difference between instinct and intuition? And like, if I, if I know I have instinct, is that something I can grow and develop? I don't know, but I do know I can grow and develop my intuition. So what, where is it that we allow these like subtle responses to certain environmental situations, but we're not willing to see that this is actually something we can grow and develop and use for our good. Like this, it's a powerful force. (laughs) And let's go back to intuition because it is a skill. Mm -hmm. Some of us, I, I, mine's my gut. Like I just, it's always there. Like I, I just know that's my intuition. Like you said, it can be your brain. It can be your heart. It can be that tingly feeling, you know, butterflies. How do we know? Like, how do we find what our intuition is? So here's the thing. Uh, one of my favorite authors talks about your intuition being your first sense, because it is the sense that does not require obvious external sensory input. So in order to touch something, you have to be touching something. In order to taste something, there has to be something on your tongue to taste it. Whereas intuition actually works best if you slow down the other sensory input that you're receiving. So don't have the TV on in the background. Don't be constantly listening to a podcast. Don't be constantly requiring excess stimulus from the outside world to, because what you're doing then is you're letting that drive your dominant thought patterns. Instead, allow a little bit of spaciousness. And so some people might think about this as mindfulness, right? Like just slow down, let a little bit of quiet and a little bit of space be there because your intuition is very subtle. It's like a feather, right? And so it's like, if you have loud things happening all around you, you won't notice a sensation of a feather. You need to just like create some stillness and some spaciousness And most of us in in the world that we live in, we're all so busy. It's like the kids and the work and the this and the that. And because of that, we've been conditioned to think it's normal. And so even when we do have a half an hour of quiet time, it's like, turn on the TV, turn on the music, like do something, don't sit still. Like we can't sit still. And it's like, no, we can, we've trained ourselves not to sit still, but we can train ourselves to actually just pause and be with our body, be with our skin, be with like, if you feel it in your gut, it's like, what if I took five minutes every day in quiet and just like created a a connection from my awareness to my gut and just like actually placed my mind's eye on my gut and just felt it for a couple of minutes a day, even just randomly throughout the day of like, okay, gut, are you there? Okay. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. All right. I'm going to keep moving on now, but it's that, it's that check-in of like, if you want your children to have a relationship and talk to you it's like well we need to check in with them right we need to be like hey hey how's your day like do you do you have anything for me today like what's going on 
It's the same with our intuition. Like give it time and space to feel appreciated so it can share with you. Is that kind of like meditation, like the stillness or is that ways that you get people to sit still? Cause I don't sit still. I'm always multitasking. I've always got the loud music on. I've always got gadgets around me. Yes. So when someone says like, sit still, I'm just like, what? Even meditating. I just can't, I can't do it. How do we get there? Like, how do we find that stillness? So it's, it's a neural pathway in our brains that we haven't trained ourselves to be okay with. Just like if someone comes to you, Lori, and they're like, I can't do a pushup. I can't, I've tried, I can't. And you're like, no, you can, you just need to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. And meditation is the exact same thing. However, it is important to note that everyone can find their, their way to meditation differently. You don't have to sit cross-legged on a yoga mat with chimes in the background. Like that, if that doesn't do it for you, don't do it that way. One of my favorite ways to meditate is to go outside, not with the earphones in and either sit by the lake and just watch the water or go for a hike in the forest. And I'm moving my body, but I'm not letting, you know, the music or the podcast determine my thoughts. I'm just being with them and just finding your own way. Like if you need to move, move, you know, like a lot of people will say, you know, running or lifting weights, they get, you know, big inspiration. Well, that's why it's because you're actually so in tune with your body for a few minutes that your body can like be like nudging messages through. Right. So anytime you have a chance to just truly connect with yourself, take that if you can without needing, like, cause as soon as you've got the music on or the podcast on, you're not going to hear whatever message might want to bubble up. So it's just about like training yourself to be comfortable sitting with yourself and it's not easy. And, you know, I really feel like the world we live in, we, we, we do not like discomfort. As soon as we experience discomfort, we're like, I'm out, I'm done. I'm not doing this. It's hard. It hurts. I don't like it. And it's like, well, can I challenge that thought and be like, is it actually discomfort or is it just something I'm not used to? Like just challenge it just a moment and just see what happens. And yeah, find, find a way like a bubble bath is another great way of bubble bath. Right. And just like, don't have to have the TV on in the bath. You can just like chill in the bath for, for even for five minutes and see what happens. <laughs> well, and I, I walk my dogs three times a day and I used to think I never meditated until I realized that during those walks, because I don't you know, talk to anyone. I'm just with my dogs. I talk to them. Sure. But I'm kind of one with nature where my mind is completely clear. I look at people that are on their phones while they're doing it or, and I'm like, you're not in the moment. You're not taking that time to just be with yourself. They're, they're multitasking. And I love when I take my dogs for a walk, because that is my meditation where I completely, whatever stresses from work or life or anything they're out and I can just flow in the moment and look at nature, listen to the birds chirping and just have Zen, but I'm moving my body. Right. So there, I kind of found my way. That is so beautiful. And I think for a lot of people who think, oh, I can't sit still, like that's such a great way. And animals, like it is a great support for meditation because it really, you, when you communicate with an animal, you're communicating energetically, right? They don't know English, <laughs> right? You know, you need to associate certain sounds with certain things, but at the end of the day, we are communicating energetically with our dogs and our cats and, you know, whatever other pets we happen to have. <laughs> well, and I love, I loved yours. I love the sitting and watching water, like just being that stillness. Like you really are truly with yourself. Like there, there's just, 
you're just looking around, you're letting go, you're blocking out all the noise and nonsense. And you're just still in the moment. Like you said, you didn't have to just sit cross-legged with chimes and chant or, and I think that's where meditation is a scary word for most people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, to me, it's really about, you know, if I know why this is part of my code, but if I know why I'm doing something, it's easier for me to do it. So Mm -hmm. meditation to just meditate. I was like, okay, so my brain will be more calm. Like, I don't know. I didn't have the buy-in. Right. But knowing that creating opportunities for spaciousness is kind of how I look at it now. So creating opportunities for spaciousness and stillness is allowing me to connect in with my inner knowing my guidance system. And it's going to allow those messages to come through. And that is a huge why for me because of how important it is for me to live my life in alignment with my values, with my code, with my priorities, with living a life that actually means something to me. And so having an opportunity every day to connect in with the voice that's going to point me in the direction that's going to feel like I'm living a meaningful life. Like that's a why I can get behind. Like I am going to make time for that. (laughs) Yeah. And you're right. Do we, we need to find why we need to do it. Like I'm a why girl too. Why am I going to do this? What, what, how am I benefiting? But as soon as you tell me that if I do find that stillness, if I do have that moment to check in, it's going to guide me in a, in a better direction rather than this whole detour of being all over the place. Because I see that happen a lot with clients that aren't checking in with themselves. You're never going in the right direction because you're not listening to yourself. No. And this is something, you know, I think women in particular, but even everyone in society these days, we have been really overly trained to look outside ourselves for answers that there are people who are experts and we must go to the experts for advice that our parents or our teachers or the scientists or the whoever knows better than we do. And so every time we have decisions to make, what do we do? We spend half the time asking other people, what should I do? And it's like, you know, I'm not saying don't get advice and don't ask experts do, but at the end of the day, you need to weigh your own, you know, decision, your own choice more weighted according to what your gut is telling you, because you're the only one in your body. You're the only one that's going to know how it's going to go, how it's going to affect, how it's going to unfold. And sure, you know, when I was, had the career and this and that, everything looked right on paper. A lot of people were probably looking at me going, this is like the pinnacle of success. You should be happy. You should be grateful. This is a great job. This is a great career. Like this is the definition of success. But on the inside, I was not fulfilled. And so what would I do? Just stay in there because everyone else thought it was a good choice. Like, no, (laughs) no, we have to check it in with ourselves. We're the only one living it. And my girlfriends will do that to me too. And I do it to them when, when you're asking for the advice at the end of the day, we know you got, you got to do what feels right for you because we're all so different. And what I might do might not be what you're going to do. And that's where you do. You just have to kind of sit with yourself and, and listen to your intuition of what it's telling you to do. Instead of asking everyone around, yeah, it's nice to have guidance, but they're not you and they don't have that same kind of feeling like you'll know, but we don't trust that. We don't. Yeah, it's very true. And it's, it's, it's in subtle ways that we've, you know, not trusted it, right. Where, you know, you might say like something feels off to me and people around you might be like, oh, it's fine. It's like, those are the subtle moments where we're denying 
our intuition, which is trying to speak to us. And so a lot of the times when people, you know, have that experience, I really talk to them about finding little teeny ways to build that trust back. And so one of the ways that I talk about, which is, it's kind of funny if you actually just really try and sit down and do it is like, anytime you have a choice to make of like, am I going to have, you know, chicken or pasta for dinner, or let's say, or am I going to walk? Like I always walk to the beach on my breaks, but maybe I should walk into the neighborhood today, right. Rather than into the beach. Okay. So when I have these choices, like literally just pausing for a minute, stop doing the reflex, like, oh, I'm going to eat the chicken because it's healthier or, oh, I'm going to walk to the beach because I always walk to the beach. That's a reflex. That's not an intuitive hit. Instead, just be like, what do I truly feel like? What do I truly desire? Like what lights me up, you know? And, and if you ask it quickly, you won't get a response. But if you pause and you really feel intuitive, like if I could do whatever I wanted, what would I do? And then wait for quite a while and see. And once you give yourself the opportunities to, to hear that voice, it will get louder and faster over time. Hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Cause we don't, we just jump. We just, do I want chicken? Do I want this? Do I, should I take the job or not take the job? We don't sit in the moment. We don't sit in it. And it might be longer than we think that we have to sit in it. Yeah. And this was something that I had to learn to give myself permission with in taking up space with that. And I actually had to give myself prompts because I would think, well, the person wants to know the answer. And so I actually started saying things like that. Like I need to sit with that for a minute. I'm going to get back to you. Right. And just giving myself permission to take the space I needed to let myself stop living according to the expectations and start actually driving my own bus from within. And there's so many layers to this conversation because like, you know, what we're talking about right now is like, our own autonomy and sourcing from within, you know, which is so related to intuition and, and developing and growing and strengthening that and finding your modality, you know, for me, it's numerology, but for you, whatever it might be that speaks to you in helping you be your own best expert and your own best, best friend and your own best advisor. Right. And you can still have them in your world, but at the end of the day, you ultimately trust that you can walk yourself through your choices. That's awesome. That's awesome. Where can people find you? Like if people are, are listening and they're like, you know what? I want, I want her to do my numbers. I want her to tell me, cause you do, you do that. You have a lot of other things too. You also train people on numerology and how to do this for other people. Absolutely. Yeah. So to me, numerology is such a powerful skill that anybody can learn. Uh, I teach and certify numerologists in a matter of six to eight weeks and everybody who follows the steps I lay out is an intuitive reader hands down within the eight weeks. It is just a very simple system. I've been teaching for years now, but it's very powerful. I will, I also do readings for people occasionally, but I really feel like the power is like, when we can do this for ourselves and for our clients and for our families and our friends and that kind of thing. So you can follow me online, add me Megan Alton on Instagram or on Facebook. I do forecasts on Facebook every month and every week, as well as on my YouTube channel, which is also Megan Elton. And my website is MeganElton.com. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to do this rapid fire. I do rock and rapid fire at the end of podcasts. So just blurt out whatever your intuition tells you is your first answer. Fun. What's your favorite number? Seven. Seven. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason or that's just the one that, that you go towards? 
Uh, I didn't have a favorite number before I studied numerology, but seven is a very dominant number in my code. And mm-hmm. so to me, it's, it's an, it's a gut check of helping me come back to myself. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite place to travel to? Oh, anywhere with a hot beach <laughs> and, and warm water and just sunshine. <laughs> and hopefully soon, hopefully we're allowed to soon. Although you live in a really nice area where it gets pretty hot soon. Yes. Right? And we're getting there. We're going to be like in 22 degrees by the end of this week. So I can't wait. That's so awesome. What's your vice? My vice. Ooh, coffee and chocolate. Dark chocolate or, or white or, um, I like the dark mint chocolate. Oh, what is your current, uh, Netflix binge? What are you watching? Ooh, I'm watching. What's it called? Like, I can't think of what it's called. It's called, it's like, it's a mom and daughter and they travel. I don't know. I I have to watch very kind of not deep shows because I get too emotionally involved. <laughs> There's your sensitivity, Ginny right? That's what it's called. Ginny and Georgia, I think. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of that. No. You like you like lighter stuff then. You don't like to go too kind of deep and I yeah, I get pretty I'm sensitive and emotional too, but I get right into some of those shows. Yeah. That's I awesome. I get a ton of time to watch TV, so a series will last me like 6 months. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That I would, I would brag about that if I were you, <laughs> I can go, I can get through 13 seasons of breaking bad in like two weeks. And then, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. What's your favorite way to release stress? Ooh, my favorite way to release stress. Oh, would have to be dance parties. My favorite is to have a dance party in the car with one of my besties. That's the best stress reliever out there. I love watching it too. When you post on Instagram or Facebook, you or Chantel or Jackie or anyone, I love seeing, cause I, I do that myself and that's my stress release. I get in the car and I just drive. I have nowhere crank to go yeah. and crank the tunes, like really like heart wrenching, just belted out dance in the car. And I love seeing when you do it with friends, because I always do it by myself. And it's like, it just, it lets out stress. It just helps you feel happy. It does. Moving your body, it raises the vibe. Yeah, gets the stress out. And then you can't help but laughing at the ridiculousness of it all, you know, after you're a couple songs in, right? (laughs) Well, and that's why when you post it on the internet, I love it. Because even if you're feeling down watching it, it, it lifts me up because you can laugh with the people that are doing it. Like, I I don't know. There's just something about being silly and not apologizing for moving your body. And just doesn't matter what you look like. We all don't have to look like professional dancers. (laughs) We look ridiculous and that's half the fun. (laughs) It is. It is. What is the biggest takeaway from this in terms of like drop the mic, numerology, intuition? What's like one kind of finish it off today statement? You know, I think so many of the challenges that we're facing, the struggles, the overwhelms, the the sadness that so many people are feeling, the heaviness that so many people are feeling truly comes from not feeling seen and not feeling heard for who they are, the truth of who they are, whether they know their truth or don't know. It's that disassociation from the truth of who we are. And so I think at the end of the day, my number one takeaway is taking time to see yourself and see the other people in the world that you really care about, it matters. It's the thing that can shift people from that struggle, loneliness, sadness, overwhelm into being like, 
I do matter. Like there is a reason I'm here. Like this, there, there is significance to the energy I carry. And if, if people can take one thing, it's that seeing ourselves in that and seeing our loved ones in that is such a powerful gift. I love it. Drop the mic. That is the best way to end this. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, Lori. This was so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. And now I'm like super obsessed. I'm number 10 and I'm just going to be like walking around with number 10 written on myself. Like, well, you don't understand me. I'm a number 10. And this is what I, I love that because I can understand myself better, but I can also understand how I'm dealing with situations, how I should be dealing with situations. I just love it. I love it. I, I can't wait to dive deeper and learn even more. So hopefully my listeners as well are thinking, I wonder what number I am. I'm going to figure, figure this out and reach out to you. I mean, I would love to see more people learning even more of, of this so we can help other people around us. So fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. so much for listening friends if you want more tips and tricks on rocking your life and rocking your body be sure to check out my website lorimork.com or follow me on instagram at lori.mork be sure to subscribe to this podcast where each and every week we're going to release new episodes with down and dirty topics some wicked guests more badassery and just have a kick-ass time together And if anyone has a problem with it, they can kiss my curvy asset.